Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. How bad was the intel? It had to be bad intel, right? There's no other way you have a pull out of Afghanistan this completely inept. You put the embassy in such danger that you have to send 5,000 Marines back in to evacuate the embassy. Literally, you have thousands of Afghans. Afghanis, sorry. On, at the airport trying to get on planes. Because the Taliban has taken over the country in less than a month. The reporting now says that we knew there would be massive fall of these cities, and yet there were people not paying attention on the highest levels of power. General Mark Milley saying that everything in Afghanistan would be in good order. They would be able to handle us, the United States, stepping away. How wrong was he? And is this an intelligence failure or is this a failure of our military? How should this have happened? Yes, there's the political fallout with Joe Biden. There's a political fallout in what this means for him. And there are already people talking that the reason you've got media going at the Biden administration is that they're all getting ready for President Kamala Harris. Well, everything's possible. The question is what's probable. What we do know is Afghanistan has fallen. How could it have been avoided? What should have happened? And what happens now? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. The phone number, 833-468-8669. Mike Lyons joins us right now. Major Mike Lyons, West Point graduate, somebody who has been in the War Institute, uh, done his work with CBS News Radio as their military analyst. Let's take a moment and start going through the tactics. You have President Trump who wanted to do a pullout uh, from Afghanistan. He referring to it as endless wars, not wanting to be there forever. Clearly, Joe Biden wanted to remove U.S. troops from Afghanistan after 20 years as well. Talk to me about how it should have happened and then compare it to how it did happen. That leads us to this moment. Okay, Tony, so what should have happened first was we should have gotten Afghans out months ago. Okay, we saw this a few – we saw this months ago where there was concern about getting interpreters and people that had worked with us. Once the decision was made, um, let's say January 20th when Biden takes over, when that – whatever that took place, the bottom line, because that was going to be the long pole in the tent. That was going to be the hardest thing to do is to figure that out. And then we come to find out that the administration really wasn't interested in doing that. They wanted to lower that number. And as it turns out, that's what Joe Biden did when he was a senator back in 1975. He didn't agree to actually bring a lot of those Vietnamese um, refugees back to the United States. But so be as it may, we, don't, we didn't really know the number, you know, 20,000, 25,000. The bottom line is it's a huge logistical challenge. So that's the first thing that should have been solved. Now so, let me hold you up right there. We're yep. talking about the people, the actual uh, people from Afghanistan 
who right. were supporting U.S. military operations, acting as translators, acting as support staff, took the side of the United States because they knew the Taliban w was horrific. That's who we're referring to, correct? Correct, and, and making the assumption that they're going to be the most danger when this all was going to go down, if, if and when it went down. So making the assumption that if Americans are going out last, and, and while it's a risky mission, especially from the military's perspective, that they're the ones most protected. If they're going to take hostages, they were going to take American hostages because um, of the Afghan uh, uh, civilians, for example, that, that work with us, they were clearly the most in danger. So that, that's the first problem that there should have been a, an extensive plan for, and that should have been well underway, well underway before. Now, now you've got 30,000 people sitting at the airport where they're now everyone's going to be a hostage. If the Taliban – it's been a linchpin for the last few days. If the Taliban decides to shut the airport down by themselves – um, they could do that. The next thing you know, we've got we're, we're negotiating terms of surrender and reparations. There's a little secret here, by the way, just so we're all clear. There are no American troops there right now. I talked to folks this morning at Fort Bragg. They're still sitting on the tarmac. They're, they haven't left yet. So um, that's why the, the the airport's closed. I mean, we're we're, we're like projecting that that we've got seven thousand troops there helping out, and they're they're not there. So the wait, 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 wait. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, uh, former CBS News Radio military analyst. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make sure I understand you. President Biden has been saying, the State Department has been saying they're going to send 5,000 troops yeah. to assist with uh, the evacuation of the embassy. We've seen helicopters uh, near the yeah. embassy. You've seen planes mm -hmm. that have uh, Afghanis holding on to it for dear life uh, mm -hmm. because they want to leave the country. And you're telling me there are no U.S. troops in Afghanistan right now? No, they're not. There, there are a few U.S. troops. You've got some Marines that were always there before. There are there are scattered pockets of U.S. troops. There's not the five thousand that they're, they've been talking about. They're not. Um, the, the the there is literally plane loads sitting at Fort Bragg waiting to go. Now they're teed up, ready to go. They're just not there yet, and that's because they can't get there. They just they're not. It's not possible. This thing happens so quickly. So, um, you know, if, if we had 5,000 troops there uh, right now, Tony, you don't think that we would be able to control that airfield and keep the Afghans off the airfield? Of course we don't. We, of course we, I'm sorry. Of course we would be able to do that. But we don't have them there. We don't, we don't have them there at all. So, so whether or not they even get there, I think, is a concern right now. We, I have not been I, – I cannot get over the amount of misinformation coming out of our government right now. I think a lot of it just has to do with – look, I, I'm patriotic, obviously. Want, I want our country to win. But I think a lot of it's just misinformation to just misdirect the enemy into thinking that we have it there. I really believe that's part of it. Talking to Major Mike Lyons. Now let's get to uh, continue this tactical. You would have first evacuated the Afghanis who were assisting the United States. Mm -hmm. What would be the next step? Well, so the next step are civilians, um, civilians and family members that are next at risk. Um, any of uh, individual soldiers and any of the military that are there and even some of the embassy uh, they know the risks of working in a foreign embassy, some of the State Departments, but let their families go. So get all the family members out. So that's uh, something that's been practiced in Germany and Europe for years and Japan and places like that, South Korea, the NEO plan in order to get those, that group of people out. So now we're talking that should have happened 60 days ago. So if the Afghan plan was 60 days before that, you know, the three months, 120 days prior to this is when all of this should have started. 
And 60 days ago, the, the, the civilians are gone. So now the only people that are left are the key personnel within the embassy and any last military personnel. And that would have been step three. But within all of this, you come to the horrifying realization that the Afghan military was absolutely not prepared to handle the Taliban at all. The moment the first bullet got fired, they said, we, we give up. They, they left. They walked away. They're willing to give. They're, they're trying to get into other countries. Here, take this, this U.S. hardware, all of it. Mm-hmm. There's conversation about how the intel about uh, whether the, the strength of the Taliban or the weakness of, of the Afghan military, people were discussing it, but it didn't get to the right sources. So let's start with number one. We spent 20 years in Afghanistan. We spent 15 years training these people, and this is the best we could do? Exactly. Um, you know, you, you talk to people I've talked to over there said the Americans were doing what they do best. They trained. They did what they could do. They provided the equipment. Um, it just was a bridge too far to expect them to, you know, it, it, it absorb this national colors of their their country in in order to fight for this thing called Afghanistan. People there are still fundamentally very tribal, and even within the armed forces themselves, there's tremendous levels of corruption up and down the list. And um, we should have seen the past few months as the Taliban was taking back places in ungoverned spots within Afghanistan, and the Afghan security forces doing nothing about it. So, again, when we spoke last week, convinced there's other towns just north in the Northern Alliance. They were barbarians at the gate right very soon where we saw indications that they weren't going to fight, and that's at that point when we should have said, this is not going to happen. We've got to accelerate everything right now. So they, we saw as the Taliban roll over the country in 30 days, and I mean less, less than, than mm-hmm. 30 days, then not only roll over Kabul, uh, but take the presidential palace. You had the United States trying to offer bribes uh, regarding attacks on, on the embassy. Talk to me about how the Taliban tactically sees the United States right now. Are those U.S. citizens still there? To kill U.S. citizens or to capture U.S. citizens means bad things for them. Does that mean they have the self-control to not do it? I, that's a great question. I'm not sure. And the question is, where else are they getting their military advice from? Because you look back in history, and this is you know, the analogy people are using is Saigon. I, I think Dunkirk's a better analogy. Because right now they're surrounded in a landlocked country. There's nothing they can do. And you're right. For the Taliban to full out go after and kill Americans there would create a crisis that perhaps could bring us back to Afghanistan, as crazy as that would sound. But but the bottom line is they still hold all the cards because they're surrounding the airport. This is where you know if I'm the Taliban, I'm not letting seven thousand new troops come into the country. I mean, and so how's that? How do we assuming that that's going to happen? Um, we just have to see. We just have to see what exactly they're going to do. They're going to might. They might want all those prisoners. They might not let us take 
those people out of the country. And if you do the math on it, 20,000 people at the airport it would take us to, what, Christmas time? We don't have the kind of lift capability to move 20,000 people, and that's the low number, to move those com- that, that kind of numbers out of Afghanistan. So, again, the next few days are going to be more telling as to what's going to happen, what exactly the Taliban is going to let us do. But to make the assumption that we're going to get everybody out of there by the end of the month or something I saw from the White House today is just more lunacy. Well, uh, there's a conversation of what the Taliban is willing to let us to do, and then there's the conversation of what we're going to do, regardless of whether the Taliban likes it. I want to start talking about China, about Russia, and and about Iran. Can you hold on for a few minutes? Can you stick sure. around with us? Yep, can do. For a little bit? Talking to Major Mike Lyons. You can follow him on Twitter, M-A-J, Major Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, M-A-J, Mike Lyons on Twitter. Follow him there. In the meantime, Nielsen, those are the ratings people, saying that 30 million Americans are tuning into Newsmax TV. Uh, it, that is actually one of the biggest media stories in the country. They're available on all the major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you could still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TV, Samsung, LG, and more. Or go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. It also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, TiVo, and 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. Super easy to download it onto your phone, and there's no paywall, no subscription, so you can watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime Anywhere, you know President Trump is a fan of Newsmax. Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax. Go to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a news source just for you. Watch Newsmax TV today. So let's get into the part two of this conversation. Part one was when we take a look at Afghanistan. Well, how should this pullout have been done? And clearly, there was a tactical way to do these things, and it wasn't done by the Biden administration. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, former CBS News Radio military analyst, a war college man, and a guy who knows how these things should be run. Now let's talk quickly about the intelligence. We brought it up briefly before. Let's get into it again. There's the intelligence of whether or not the Afghan military was really prepared to handle the Taliban or handle anything. And then there was the intelligence about whether or not the Taliban was really prepared to overrun the entire country. This is a failure, a massive failure. No matter which way you look at it, the question is, Who is to blame and what will happen to them? Or is it a whole bunch of Spider-Man pointing fingers at Spider-Man as the meme would go and nothing will happen? Yeah, Tony, I think it's that meme, unfortunately. And the intelligence community just kind of hides behind that intelligence failure um, at at times or that gets kind of pinned. The rose gets pinned on them for that. Um, They'll say that, uh, you know, they, they could have predicted it coming and, they told that the Biden administration, but that the Biden administration ignored it. Um, you can argue that the military should have had a better plan. The Pentagon should have had figured out a way to get more people out at the time and should have started the plan a lot earlier. So there's a lot of fingers that are going to get pointed. I don't think anyone's going to be relieved over at this point. The, the four-star that was in charge is long gone. He's been gone about a month now. Um, it's been turned over to CENTCOM 
from a military perspective. And um, for the first time in a long time, you see the military failing to prepare, and I think that by doing that, you, you've now failed, and I think that's you know, really the, the issue that's going on here. But failing is, is, is one thing. What do we do about it? It seems that we see these failures time and again. No one gets fired. General Mark Milley, will he still have a job? Will any of these other generals still have a job? Will any of these intel officials still have a job? Is there something that is done to these people? Or And maybe the follow-up is, what would you like to see done? Well, I think, you know, th- this president actually did not have a great relationship with the Pentagon to begin with. I think um, you go back to 2011 when he didn't want to do Osama bin Laden. You go back to a lot of different things in history. And in this case, he puts his foot down, says he wants out of Afghanistan. Uh, it's likely that the previous commander said we should keep the residual force there of 2,500. And it's likely the Pentagon wanted to do that as well. Um, so uh, whether General Milley, as the chairman, bears the responsibility, I mean, his more or less is, is not necessarily in the direct chain of command, but he did get up a few months ago and said things were going well. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I, I think that from a going forward perspective, there's still a lot of things that could go wrong that we just have to cross our fingers and hope they don't go wrong, because I'm worried about a pivoting in another military situation right now. I, I don't think the military was hurt now that they were, like, let's say, after Vietnam. But now let's say the Chinese decide to do something with Taiwan right now. Are we going to be able to deploy our military, and will people have the confidence in in this administration to do that properly? And that is correct. Do the people of Taiwan have the faith in us? Would the people of Ukraine have the faith in us? Talking to Major Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. Let's now get into the part two. In the U.S. pullout, we left millions, if not billions, of dollars of U.S. hardware. We left Humvees. We left a Scan Eagle drones that come uh, from from Boeing at three to four million dollars a pop. We left MRAPs and other uh, vehicles. We left a tremendous amount of U.S. hardware that is now in the hands of the Taliban, which you assume is going to get sold to the highest bidder in in Iran, in Russia, or in China. Is the fear that they're going to utilize the technology, or is the fear they're going to study the technology and then build their own? Well, we saw convoys heading to Iran. I think they'll likely study it. Um, they'll, they'll look at it and see what they can do to try to replicate it, but um, you know, put it in the right hands. I'm a little bit more concerned about Black Hawk helicopters they have and trained Afghan pilots if they decide to uh, you know, use that kind of capability. They've got more Black Hawks now than other countries that are living out there. So um, while they can try to replicate it, at some point they run out of spare parts and they don't have the technology to necessarily maintain it, uh, it's still in, very embarrassing. I'm told that, frankly, the first few air, air missions that we flew over um, Afghanistan in the past few weeks were not about uh, the stopping the Taliban, but they were stopping some uh, the equipment to being destroyed. And I'm sure they're having conversations right now as to whether or not they should go after the embassy or go after some other places that uh, that still hold some critical information. Major Mike Lyons, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, bef- before I let you go, in, in 30 seconds or, or less, will, do you s- see the United States having to go back into Afghanistan? Are we about to say, you know what, we never should have pulled out, we're going back in, we're going to be there for another five years? For us to do that right now would take fifty to 60,000 troops, maybe even up to 100,000. We'd have to do similar to what we did after 9-11. We'd have to now eject the Taliban from 
Kabul, it's a mission that the military can do. You'd see tens of thousands of civilian casualties. So I think that those that, that ship has sailed um, in a landlocked country. It's going to take um, a bigger military plan and a military operation, um, similar to what happened if, um, you know, in, in Desert Storm, had the Iraqis attacked the 24th Infantry Division as they were getting off the boats, it would have taken us four years to get back to Iraq. I think that's the same situation happening here. It's going to take us a long time. Major Mike Lyons, I appreciate you taking the time. You know, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different angles for this story, and I'm, we're hitting them all. Uh, don't worry, I, I also talk about UFOs. Yeah, that actually, that actually happened. You might want to stick around. This is Tony Katz today.